In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. Uh, it's always good to be with all of you in our Perseverance Family. We also start off by prayer, by praying together. Because the family that prays together stays together. We like to invite to be with us, of course, Mary. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. We also pray in that prayer that we say at the end of the rosary, the Hail Holy Queen, Mary is also our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's invite Mary to be with us on our journey to heaven. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Let's now invite our spiritual director to be with us. Our spiritual director is is the is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has uh, many wonderful titles. The Holy Spirit is the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is the sweet guest of our souls. The Holy Spirit is also our counselor who gives us good advice. He's also our consoler, consoles us in the midst of our trials and tribulations and struggles that we all go through. He's also our interior master or if you like teacher. St. Paul says that we don't know to pray as we ought but the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say Abba. We can say Abba. Which means Daddy or Father. So let's lift up our hearts, our minds, our souls and beg the Holy Spirit to send His divine light into our minds and set our hearts on fire with the love of God. As we pray together. 
Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful. And enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance family on this Sunday. Sunday, day in which we celebrate with joy the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. So as always, I, I will be praying for all of you. I'll be praying for all of you. The family that prays together stays together. And these will be my intentions. I'll pray for you in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And of course, the greatest of all prayers, the greatest of all prayers is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And I'd like to pray first that as we start off a new week, let us pray that we'd be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. And that perhaps during the course of the day we would pray the following prayer. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come. Through the heart of Mary. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. 
My second intention I'd like to pray for you and your families. For your loved ones. Especially some of your children, possibly adult children, who have walked away from God. That they would return. And recognize that true happiness can only come by union with God. God is the ultimate source of our strength. As a prayer, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. My third intention will be like to pray for the conversion of sinners, but especially for those who will be dying sometime today. That they would open up their hearts to God and be saved. That they would entrust themselves to the infinite mercy of God. Of all God's attributes, the greatest of all God's attributes, the greatest of all God's attributes is His infinite mercy. His infinite mercy. The greatest of all God's attributes is His infinite mercy. Give thanks to the Lord for His good, for His mercy endures forever. So my friends, on this Sunday, which we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord, I pray that you experience a lot of joy today. Another intention I'd like to make before entering into the riches of the Word of God, as Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes forth from the mouth of God is perhaps most of you have heard that there was a tragedy in our diocese just over the past hours. I'll just give you a little summary of it so that we can pray. We can pray for this intention. I think maybe some of you have heard that Bishop David O'Connell died yesterday. Apparently, he was uh, he was he was shot. He, apparently, he was shot. He his residence his residence was in Hacienda Heights, and uh, probably most of you know uh, if you live in the. Los Angeles area is that Los Angeles is the biggest diocese in the country and is divided into different regions. So each region, each region has its regional bishop. The overseeing archbishop is Bishop Jose Gomez 
but he has regional bishops that tend to the enormous flock. So, just a little summary of the situation so that you can keep this in your prayer is in the year 2015, the Holy Father designated another another uh, four bishops to help out in the Diocese of Los Angeles. One was Bishop Robert Barron, who's been transferred to Minnesota. Another one would be Father Brennan, who was a parish of St. Linus close to us for several years. And then this bishop who was killed yesterday, his name was Father David O'Connell. He was, they were ordained together, consecrated together. by Archbishop Gomez. So David O'Connell was sent to the region called the San Gabriel region. Very good man. He was actually born in Ireland and he still had his Irish brogue, so to speak. And um, of all the bishops, he's the one that I probably knew best and worked most with. And I'll explain. He came from Ireland and was um, working in the diocese of of L.A. for about for about forty for about forty five years. He died. He died yesterday around one o'clock. He was sixty-nine years of age. Most of his priestly ministry was carried out in South Central L.A., where there was a lot of violence, a lot of gang activity. And he was there during the Rodney King case. You who are from L.A. know what happened then. So there's a lot of racial tension in South Central. And he was there, priest in the Church of St. Michael and other churches. He worked to help out the poor. He worked to help out the immigrants. He worked to seek for justice and peace. He had a a great love for those who suffered. He was aware of the gang activities present in L.A. And he tried to get 
you try to get men, especially men, to make retreats because you recognize the importance of the male figure in the the context of the family. If there's a father that is present, he's loving, he's kind, he's present to his children, that will be a ferment to society. So, he did a lot of good in trying to promote, especially the social doctrine of the church and justice. Very good man. As in some of the news articles have, that have come out in the past few hours, he was a man of deep prayer. He was also a man who had great love for the Blessed Mother. On a personal note, on a personal note, I'd like to tell you a couple of um, couple of anecdotes. He also was heavily involved in the healing ministry. Recognized so many people are really wounded. He really was involved in, in the healing ministry in, in the uh, Archdiocese of L.A. But I'd like to tell you a personal anecdote that I had with him. So he was consecrated bishop in the year 2015. More than seven years ago. And there's a a young woman that was the head of the group Endow, now called Magnificat, Sire del Toro, who had been working with him. And she gave talks uh, on the theology of the body, was involved in Endow, and she's from Mexico. And I worked with her because I, I gave I gave retreats to the Endow women in the uh, in Saint John Bosco there in in Rosemead. So Sire del Toro, aware of a lot of the programs that I set up, the spiritual exercise program, the Marian consecration, she wanted me to meet personally the newly consecrated Bishop O'Connell. So I felt very honored. So she set up a meeting between the three of us in uh, in a restaurant. I think it was in Downey, and this was about about seven years ago. So uh, I arrived at this restaurant, and there he was, and we sat down and we had a nice meal together. Very kind. Very down to earth, very zealous, just a just a good man, just a very good man on, on a human level. Just a person that you 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 found that that 
that he liked you and you liked him back right away. Just a lot of a lot of charisma that he had with that attractive Irish brogue. He studied in Dublin before coming to the United States. We had a nice conversation, but what's what really struck me most was this that Bishop O'Connell had heard of heard of the works that I was doing, the spiritual exercises and a lot of the the missionary work that I was engaged in and that that fascinated him. And this is what he did. He wanted me to tell him the works I was doing and he pulled out a napkin and he wrote down he was writing down on the napkin all of many of my apostolic works and I felt somewhat embarrassed. Number one, he's this is a bishop. He's writing down my initiatives and he's got a napkin and a pen and I just felt, wow, this this man is what a humble man. So I never forget that that episode, that anecdote in our lives that we connected in He's very apostolically zealous. A lot of zeal for souls, and I try to do the same thing. Pope Francis, over the past couple of weeks, have been giving talks on, on zeal, apostolic zeal. Apostolic zeal meaning trying to work to save souls. Francis says that our whole being has to be engaged. Our mind, our heart, our emotions, our intellect, our human personality has to be engaged in trying to transmit Christ. Pope Francis says, first we have to come to be with Christ, then apostle means to be sent out. And Julie just, Julia just said, I received a blessing from Bishop O'Connell this past Wednesday after the Mass at the cathedral. And as they walked away, I prayed for him that God help. And before the pandemic, I attended the training for the deliverance prayer team of San Gabriel. That's a commentary from Julia, who had contact with him. Yes, he was very much engaged in the, in the healing uh, and the deliverance ministry very very strong in in healing people because we're all wounded that's who we're all wounded then when I gave retreats to Endow in in Rosemead in the, the high school of St. John Bosco I think the first retreat we gave there was four to five hundred women that came to it it was uh, packed and I gave a talk then he gave a talk then we heard confessions so he was also a man that was dedicated to healing through the ministry of the confessional work 
healing through the ministry of the, of the confessional work. He also was a man that, that had a lot of humor. He would, he would tell jokes. Remember one occasion when he was a priest, he, he gave a, a keynote talk and he started off with a couple of humoristic anecdotes. He was a man that just liked to be with people. He was joyful. He, uh, he had a good sense of humor. Very down to earth. Very easy to approach. Very accessible. And Beatrice has just said, I work for the San Gabriel Deliverance Ministry and the Healing Masses. So we have some of you, Julia and Beatrice, that have had direct contact with him, and I have also. Another thing I'd like to say about him was that he also, it was last uh, less than a year ago, Less than a year ago, I worked apostolically for, for I'd say, about more than 20 weeks in the parish of St. Therese in Alhambra. Just that you're, just you're aware of that, St. Therese in Alhambra, St. John the Baptist uh, with Father Ishmael, St. Therese with Father Thomas, the Carmelite priest. All of that is in the San Gabriel region. If you're aware of the L.A. area, you take the 605 north heading toward the 10 freeway. There you have the whole region, the San Gabriel region. And you have the San Gabriel Mountains. Duarte, Alhambra. That's the whole region. Pasadena, that's the, the geographical region. But he also, gave, he also gave a talk. He was fluent in Spanish, having probably a Spanish-Irish brogue, even in that, charming. But when I was given the spiritual exercises in the Church of St. Therese in Alhambra, we had to like three to three to four hundred people. Three to four hundred people that were present in my spiritual exercise the last year. With the help of Elvira, we got Father, rather, Bishop O'Connell came and he spent several hours helping me helping me in the work of the spiritual exercises. He helped in the work of, of hearing general confessions. Of general confessions. So, a man with many talents. He also being aware that the, the healing ministry also applied to healing through healing through the sacrament of confession. Healing through the sacrament of confession. Another thing, it would have to be said, 
is that he worked Sire del Toro worked um, worked with him a lot and he supported Bishop O'Connor supported very strongly the work of Endow and I think that Guillermina Kramer is aware of Endow some of you have heard of Endow practically it's been changed to Magnificat and the head of it now is is Janet who lives in 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 Colorado but uh, she was the head of the Endow about seven years ago and the bishop really supported the work of Sarai del Toro and really supported the group of Endow strongly supported it now if you're not aware if you're not aware of the group of Endow I, I'll just give you a very short summary of it because the Bishop O'Connell was very much aware of it and how efficacious it was and still is Endow, it was started with a group of um, women in the Chicago area probably about 30 years ago. And one of the primary purposes of Endow is the, is the formation of women. Formation of women in this sense that women have a very important role in the church. In John Paul II, John Paul II wrote a very important document on women called uh, Mulieris Dignitatis. In that document of John Paul II spoke about the dignity of the woman, the role of the woman within the church, the importance of the woman, her prayerfulness, her ability to listen, her role in the mystical body of Christ, her role in the evangelization, her role within the family, and of course, the woman par excellence would be the Blessed Virgin Mary. And the chief women that you have in the Bible, like the very important women about Ruth and Esther, and, and other women that had a key role in, um, in, the, church, in, 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 in the Bible. And then St. Elizabeth, and you have Mary, and Anna, and Mary, and Martha, uh, Mary Magdalene, key, key roles in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the, the group Endow, now Magnificat, which Bishop O'Connell supported working with uh, Sari del Toro, promoted especially 
especially the importance of the intellectual, the importance of the intellectual formation and growth of the woman. The importance of the intellectual formation of the group of women. So I have worked with them, and we have we have several of them in our own community at St. Peter Chanel. Sonia and Gabrielle, Herrera, Bertha, some of the key key women that work in our parish have been engaged in endow over the over the past few years. And I really feel it's it, it's it's a great group because what what they basically do is the following is they have groupings during the pandemic they they were they're basically meeting on on Zoom because of the pandemic. But now that the pandemic is is winding down in most places, thanks be to God, they're able to have groupings of sometimes like 6, 10, 12, uh, 15 women. And uh, the the whole dynamic, I think it's great. I think it's great. So, what they do is, and... Janet, who's the who's the head of the group right now in in Colorado, they have a certain program of readings that they do during the course of uh, during the course of the year, and they what they do is they they do the readings on the they do the readings on their own. Then they come together and they share. That's right. They come together and they share. And what they share would be their their findings and their understanding of these some of these key important documents or writings in the church. And I'll just go through a few of them that they've actually touched upon. One would be the letter to the families a letter to the families. That's right. St. John Paul II read letter to the families, so they read that and they would discuss it. Another one that they spent time on was the encyclical of John Paul II on the Blessed Mother. The name of that encyclical of John Paul II's on Mary would be Mater Redentoris. 
Now what Mata read and taught us means is the mother of the Redeemer. That's right. Mary, who is the mother of the Redeemer. And given that this is a woman's group, Endow Magnificat, of course, Mary is not only the mother of the Redeemer, but Mary is the model for all women. Mary is the model for all women par excellence. Another one of the readings, and this is right. This is right in line with the with the charism of Bishop O'Connell. Is the following? Is the following? Salvifici Dolores. Now all of us suffer. Bishop O'Connell was very much engaged into in the healing masses and the deliverance ministry. What is what is Salvifici what is Salvifici Dolores? That is another document written by John Paul II on on the importance the importance of suffering in our lives so this deliverance and healing ministry indirectly it's related to suffering and all of us suffer all of us suffer we have to learn how to suffer. Suffering is not easy. Remember years ago, years ago, remember the first year in the university, I did a, I did a course, it was a course on comparative religions. They found that they learned a lot in this this introductory course at Villanova and Augustinian uh, University. And we went through the the religions of the world. Remember, we're studying the the religion prominent in Japan, Shintoism, and China had what is called Taoism and the teaching of Confucius, Confucianism. Then from the East, we studied a little bit of Buddhism and then a little bit of uh, Hinduism. Then we studied Sikhism. Then a religion from Persia called Zoroastrianism. We studied Islamism. And then we moved into the Judeo-Christian religion, Judaism. Remember we had a Rabbi Mortman that came in and explained there's three different branches of Judaism. There's the Orthodox, 
the conservative and the reformists, two different three different branches. And then studying Protestantism, how Protestantism Protestantism came into the into the world, and then from that the Orthodox faith, the Greek and the Russian Orthodox faith. Finally, we arrived at Catholicism. And really, the only religion that gives a positive interpretation, the only religion that gives a positive interpretation to suffering is the Catholic religion. That's right. The other religions don't really confront it directly. But Catholic faith does confront and try to explain the whole context and meaning of human suffering. And Bishop O'Connell understood this very well. Very well. He was dedicated to healing and delivering people. So on suffering, my friends, where does suffering come from? Over the past couple weeks, we've been going through the book of Genesis in the first reading. Suffering came into the world, my friends, as a result of the sin of Adam and Eve. That's right. As a result of the sin of Adam and Eve, suffering came into the world, and the pain, as well as the as a as a result of of sin, suffering and death entered into the world. So Adam and Eve committed original sin, and that started what I like to call a spiritual tsunami. A spiritual tsunami that has its repercussions, has its repercussions until the very end of the world. Has its repercussions to the very end of the world. And one of the repercussions is that of human suffering. Another experience related to this topic. In 1976, there was the Eucharistic Congress in the city of Philadelphia. In these next three years, the bishops are encouraging us to really promote, to really promote a uh, a knowledge and love for the Mass and for the Eucharist. That's right, a a knowledge and love for the Mass and the Eucharist. In the Eucharistic Congress in Philadelphia 1976, 
And the theme song was the hymn that you've probably heard, The Bread of Finest Wheat. That was the song, the theme song of the Congress in Philadelphia, 1976. After the talks, tables were set up of various, today we call them ministries, back then they were called apostolates. Would be the Legion of Mary, the Focolare, Comunion e Liberation, the Neocatechumens, the Charismatics, Many different, we, we call them apostolates back then. But I'll never forget that sitting behind one table was a relatively young man sitting in a wheelchair. He probably wasn't too older than 30, maybe even younger, but he was in a wheelchair. And he had a table and some brochures, some pamphlets. And he had a big sign. And the name of the sign was the Apostolate of Suffering. I was intrigued. Because I'd never heard, I'd heard of the Legion of Mary and the Focolare and the Charismatics and Marriage Encounter. I'd heard of all of those. But I'd never heard of Apostolate of Suffering. What does that mean? The Apostolate of Suffering. So I drew close and the man greeted me and we talked they said what do you mean by what do you mean by the opposite of suffering I don't really understand so to make a long story short that young man I think he had gotten into a car accident. I think that that was the reason why he was in the wheelchair. And he was basically paralyzed. uh, That doctors could do nothing. He would never be walking again. He was paralyzed. He, He would never be able to walk again. And he said to me that he recognized that his mission on earth had changed as a result of this accident. You might even call it like a providential accident what happened to St. Ignatius in the Battle of Pamplona. But he said he he realized through prayer and discernment that his role or apostolate in life 
was to offer up to offer up his suffering to offer up his suffering to God to Jesus on the cross to Jesus present this suffering that he went through and they recognized that his suffering was suffering of infinite value we as Americans we have a tendency to to run away from the cross run away from suffering to do all we possibly can to avoid suffering that's part of the American culture we cringe we recoil we we walk away from suffering as almost the worst evil that could visit us but this young paralyzed man said no I recognize that my mission in life was to talk to people that had my situation people that had handicaps people that were possibly paralytics people that had accidents so that they would not they would not waste their suffering very very striking not to waste their suffering but to unite their suffering to Christ and as a result of that by praying and offering the suffering to Christ for the church for the souls in purgatory for the conversion of sinners for priestly vocations in reparation for scandals throughout the world and there are many that by uniting his suffering to the suffering of Christ on the cross planted there on the altar then infinite graces would flow from Christ and his own suffering so all of us are suffering the very real sense because we're all part of the mystical body of Christ and one of the members that that many of you have met and loved and I had a very good experiences with the Bishop David O'Connell we all are suffering for his physical loss and the tragic death having it appears to be in which he was shot and, and died in a violent manner we all suffer at this but we don't want to give in to despair we don't want to become bitter because suffering can make us either better or bitter I repeat 
suffering can make us either better or bitter. Bitter if we don't accept our suffering. And we get angry at God. There are people that get angry at God. And maybe 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 you know some of them. They get angry at God. Why did God allow this to happen? God is so good. Why did God allow this to happen? There are people there to like that. They live with bitterness, resentment, anger within their hearts. We have to pray for them. So my friends, suffering has value. Our suffering has value in as much as it's united to the cross of Christ. So Bishop O'Connell really promoted very much the promotion and the development of the woman. in the promotion of endow or endow or now magnifica I remember they were going through a stage where they actually stu- they were actually studying one of the women doctors of the church uh, St. Catherine of Siena and they're reading through and studying the classical work of St. Catherine of Siena. may be aware of the fact that St. Catherine of Siena and St. Teresa of Avila were the first women doctors of the church. They were proclaimed women doctors of the church in 1970 by, by St. Pope Paul VI. And St. Catherine of Siena was instrumental in writing what is called dialogues, dialoghi in the Italian. And what dialogues was, my friends, as Jesus spoke to St. Faustina revealing divine mercy, and St. Faustina was the secretary of divine mercy, In the case of St. Catherine of Siena, it was actually God the Father, God the Father spoke to Catherine of Siena and she became the secretary of God the Father. So the dialogues is through the instrumentality of St. Catherine of Siena, it's the communication of the person, the presence, and the love of God the Father to the whole world. So those in the group of Endow, at least in our area, were reading and studying and reflecting and commenting upon the writings of the great Saint Catherine of Siena the great Saint Catherine of Siena think about this she was one of 25 children big family she and her 
sister were twins, the last two. So, my friends, I thought today it would be opportune to to speak about this uh, this tragic death of our beloved our beloved uh, Bishop David O'Connell, who died yesterday at about 1 p.m., it seems to be, in Hacienda Heights, which was his residence. We want to pray for him. We want to pray for those people in his region. We want to pray for bishops. We want to pray for priests. We even want to pray for the persons that carry that out, that they would beg for God's mercy. So, my friends, I'd like to give you my priestly blessing, and I will pray for you, and you pray for me. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Amen.